was just talking to Mitzi the other day and saying that uh, since Halloween has ended, mm-hmm. I've been more in a horror mood. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the pressure is off now. I don't have to. I don't have to make myself be into Halloween. And uh, I've been watching. Be- and I I credit Cabinet of Curiosities with that. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And it's Del Toro time. It's Del Toro time. When is it not Del Toro time? It's always Del Toro time. And I uh, I I think that Cabinet of Curiosities and you and me watching so much of this together. I've I watched like I said I watched uh, I watched Barbarian the other day. I watched Satan Slaves two. I watched Malignant last night. I haven't been watching horror movies, and all of a sudden I'm just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. <laughs> uh, so yes, welcome back. We are uh, on another episode of Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, episode six. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're back in Lovecraft country. We never left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last episode, we did Pikmin's Model. And this episode, we did something titled Dreams in the Witch House. Yep. Uh, the uh, an, an episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities that shares a title with a very famous H.P. Lovecraft story. This was not a Lovecraft story. It did not feel like one. Uh, well, it doesn't share a whole lot with the story on which it is presumably based. It felt a lot more like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a. It felt like something Guillermo del Toro would have come up with far more than an H.P. Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is weird because Pickman's model last week definitely felt like a Lovecraft yeah. story. Uh, even though it changed a few things, uh, it, it still had that like feel to it and kept a lot of the love and added some Lovecraft stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Dreams in the Witch House, which Lovecraft uh, was published in 1933 in Weird Tales, uh, is not only very Lovecraftian, it is super Lovecraft. Like, do you want me to give you a quick rundown of what the short story is yes please quick rundown of dreams in the witch house about a guy named walter gilman who's a mathematician student uh studying math he find he hears the legends of this witch kaziah mason who lived in this house in salem uh and so oh no in arkham that's right it's it's set in arkham mm-hmm. uh she was known to be she was a famous witch she was tried during the salem witch trials but before she could be executed she disappeared and she disappeared like in the attic of this house where she lived mm-hmm. uh no one's been able to live there since anyone who tries to live there is like chased out but he he is a math student he he comes up with a theory that Kaziah Mason wasn't actually a witch and this isn't a haunted house she was actually a super advanced mathematician who figured out how to use how to use mathematics to dis, like math like sort of like super geometry to to figure out how to climb between the angles in reality yeah. and in doing so jump from dimension to dimension from time to time from planet to planet it become an interdimensional traveler and whereas people are like she's a ghost he's like she's not a ghost she simply has figured out how to get to worlds where there where time doesn't exist so she is in essence immortal also she has a friend a, a familiar who is a rat with a human face named brown jenkin i forgot about H.P. Lovecraft's super geometry. So he's, the whole story is this guy, Gilman, studying math in this attic and having dreams at night about traveling to other dimensions. He meets the great old ones from uh, At the Mountains of Madness. I read he, the story. He travels to, uh, he travels to like the afterlife. He encounters like fourth dimensional, like three dimensional beings in fourth dimensional space who appeared like this like super intelligent polyhedrons and like uh, thinking and living like, collections of bubbles and 
Eventually, he meets Nyar Lathotep, who's like, you must sign your name in this book if you want to be free to travel dimensions forever. And he's like, I'm not going to sign. But uh, eventually, he finds out that Keziah Mason's The Witch's Ghost has kidnapped a child. He tries to save the child, but accidentally results in the child being sacrificed to Nyar Lathotep. Uh, he strangles Keziah Mason with a with a crucifix on a chain and eventually uh, have makes it makes his way back to the witch house where Brown Jenkin explodes out of his chest, which does happen in this episode. Uh, and then the corpses of all these children are discovered in the walls of the house. The bones of the witch are discovered in the house. The bones of Brown Jenkin are discovered in the house. Everyone lives happily ever after. What's incredible about it is the story is not a horror story. Mm-hmm. It is a sci-fi fantasy story. Like there's not yeah. very much horror. The whole idea was that Lovecraft was like, what if I took a story about a spooky old house haunted by the ghost of a witch and instead was like, there's a scientific explanation for all this. It was, it's more in a Doctor Who story mm-hmm. about like, it's not a ghost. It's a time traveling sorcerer or time traveling mathematician. And it's more about like, he delves too there deep. There is a Doctor Who story about that. Uh, yeah, there's like a dozen Doctor Who stories about that. Uh, he delves too deep into hyper mathematics. It kind of starts breaking his brain. There's a lot more plot. He has like a friend who lives in the in the house as well. There's other people. There's like a, a like a, a Jewish guy who's always praying. There's like a, a guy who gives him a crucifix. Like there's a lot of other characters. But it's mostly about Gilman finding out that if you learn too much math, you're going to destroy your brain and maybe accidentally contact uh, a mathematic witch. I read <laughs> that story. It. Have you? Yes. I don't remember when. It was a long time. I think it was while we were still in the duplex. Because mm-hmm. uh, I have a visceral memory of reading the story. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. I'm going to apologize. He did not meet the great old ones. I'm sorry. He met the elder things from mm-hmm. At the Mountain Mat. Uh, uh, and he rids the town of the witch and, and Brown Jake. Um, he survives story... getting his chest exploded? No, no, no. But everyone's happy okay. that he, he got rid of it. But there's so many characters in this. Uh, it ties into so many Lovecraft things. Uh, it was inspired by Lovecraft reading Albert Einstein, basically. He read mm-hmm. Albert Einstein uh, and William DeSitter's The Size of the Universe and was like, I'm going to write a story. Uh, it, it's not much of a tale, but it's been adapted into like several movies. Uh, it's But what's really wild is that it was adapted into uh, an episode of Masters of horror by Stuart Gordon called H.P. Lovecraft's Dreams in the Witch House mm-hmm. already. Like, there's already been a high-profile anthology series with famous directors uh, adapting horror works that has done the Dreams in the Witch House, and I don't understand why people keep trying to adapt this and then not doing the part that's the draw of the story, which is all the amazing vistas and alien life forms and creatures, and instead focusing entirely on this witch and this rat who are barely in the story at all. Yeah. It really felt like they wrote a screenplay and then they were like, wait, we need to have a, a tie-in. Yeah, yeah. It feels like one of those uh, retrofitted like uh, 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 Hellraiser movies where they mm-hmm. had a pre-existing story and just threw a bunch of Cenobites in it and called it a Hellraiser movie. Like, you got a really great story here. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't need to make it. You didn't need to do this. Yeah, and Stuart Gordon's adaptation, while it's not great, it's not a it's not a perfect movie by any means. It adapts the story very faithfully, but still expands it. Still, like, mm-hmm. makes him a real character, gives him more of a motivation. Uh, uh, it ties, like, it, the, the the child who gets kidnapped is actually a child from the building. Like, it, so it, it still changes things, but it, it clearly was like, I want to adapt the story. This version of it, well, why don't you explain what this version is? 
so Rupert Grint is in this, which automatically gives a thumbs up for me. I love him. But um, <laughs> basically, it's about a guy. He has a twin sister who dies, and she's scared to die, and he feels a lot of guilt about it. Uh, she dies when they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes through life. Uh, he works for the Spiritualist Society looking for ghost stuff. He sees her get dragged through a, a weird vortex into a forest, her ghost. Um, yeah. So he's been spending his entire life looking for this vortex again to find her. Uh, he eventually meets up with this was in america right yeah a native american man everyone yeah everyone speaks with i'm trying not to do a british accent yeah better accents than the last episode that's true very true (laughs) um who gives him a a thing called uh, liquid gold uh, mm-hmm. which sends him back to the the forest where he sees his sister no one believes him because well why would anyone believe him uh, <laughs> yeah um but he he becomes obsessed with getting her out of there more obsessed than he was previously um he somehow connects it to this this woman this witch uh and goes to her house some stuff happens he takes a look at gold in the house he brings his sister out whoopsie daisies turns out the witch has been looking for him so that she can get out also she's a dryad she's right a tree. She's a tree lady, like in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. There's a rat with a face who... Not named Brown Jenkins, though, named Jenkins Brown. Yeah. They never say his name, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> she says it once. Oh, I had okay. the subtitles on, and she says it. And I was like, why'd you change it? In any case. <laughs> um, some shenanigans happens. There's a weird scene with the church that wasn't really necessary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they think they've won. Oh, well, they didn't win. Chestburster, the end. Oh, and then he becomes a, a he becomes a, 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 a the Pacific Rim. Yes. Uh, Brown Jenkins bursts out of his chest and then uses his uses his body as a mech suit for the rest of the for the rest of the time i guess uh or until the body falls apart yeah uh not really based on the dreams in the witch house no at all i mean nope. if there's a few elements like there is the witch and the rat and there is a witch house but there's like a whole thing with like triangular paintings that form mm-hmm. a single paint there's a painter who you loved you thought she yeah, was the best she was, part of the she was great uh Tanika Davis plays Mariana, who is a another paint. Like we just did an episode about a, a painter whose paintings are real. We get another painter whose paintings are real. Who we don't know why her paintings are real. We don't know anything about her. No. Her sister is a nun. Who is that? Her sister? Yes, they call okay. her sister. She calls her sister. But I thought she could she was be saying, saying sister is in sister the nun. <laughs> I think the point is that they're sisters because why else would they even know each other? Well, maybe she's been going to the church to get some help with her visions. Because <laughs> she the the. None had gone with her to the spiritualist society. Right. But I assume so, that they were in, a, in any case. Uh, you were saying there's a scene at a church that doesn't make any difference. It also has the, the nun being killed by glass, but it's just like two pieces of glass get stuck in her face and she's mm-hmm. immediately dead. Yep. Uh, for a for a short story that has a lot of blood and a chest bursting scene at the end, this is the least gory and violent episode we've had so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you said Rupert Grint plays Gilman. Mm-hmm. He does a decent job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Rupert Grint a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a little bit of that Harry Potter action. He's grown into a handsome boy. Um, Ismael Cruz Cordova plays his friend Frank, who, oh yeah, by the way, he has a friend in his the name's in Frank. Name Frank. Based on Elwood from the original story, kind of, who's kind of his, they travel a lot. They both belong to the, uh, what's it called, society? The, uh, the spiritualist society. They both belong to the spiritualist society. And Walter, because he's trying to figure out a way to contact his sister, and Elwood, Frank Elwood, just because he's along for the ride, I guess. I think this story would have worked better if Frank Elwood had been our protagonist. Like the actual actor. No, the not the actual actor. Oh. No, I think 
the character. Doing what then? I think that if they had had him be along for the ride and not understanding what was going on, it oh, would have been I a lot see. scarier. Like have, yeah. uh, have the episode be from his perspective. Like his friend is is spiraling. We don't get any of the like, is this real? Is this not real? Is his friend distracted? And then there's the reveal. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the episode isn't scary. No. It's not a scary. It's just not. There's, there's the only really scary thing about it is there's a creepy witch who I like her design. Yeah, I like the tree lady. Um, but she's mostly just a tree lady with glowy, with fiery eyes. They could have just made her a tree lady. They shouldn't need to be a witch. <laughs> or just not done the tree stuff at all and done more like the actual story. I don't know. Jenkins Brown the Rat is played is played by DJ Qualls, mm-hmm. who I, DJ Qualls is a very a very experienced actor. I mean, he's a great actor. He's been in a ton of things. Z Nation. He was in Supernatural. He played mm-hmm. Garth Fitzgerald the Fourth in Supernatural. Um, but he's also in like a lot of like teen movies. He was a goofy looking guy. I don't know why he's cast as Jenkins Brown. You don't really see his face much, and he's doing a He's doing a voice like this. I'm a talking rat. A rat who he does not talk doing in the short that story, voice. by the way. He had well, an Irish accent. Oh, that's right. Well, sort of a Cornish accent. He was Yeah. Yeah, hey, he's kinda talking like this. Like I'm I'm Jink like now I got me a body. I should have like, recognized him, but I didn't, because I really liked his character in Supernatural. I, yeah. <laughs> his face did not look like his face. <laughs> well, no, because it's a fake CGI face that has yeah. big rat teeth. There was too much CGI in this episode. A lot of CGI. Uh Nia Vardalos. Uh, my Big Frat Greek Wedding, among other things, uh, celebrated comedian, celebrated actress, plays a fake psychic in the beginning of the episode, who mm-hmm. I thought was going to be in more of the episode because, A, she's played by a famous actor, and B, they spend a lot of time setting her up. Yeah. But then you just find out she's a fake psychic and you never see her again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, I, okay, I, I, I guess we, I don't know. Uh, his sister is named Epperly, which is a weird name. It's not a weird name. <laughs> Epperly? I've never heard anyone named Epperly. It is kind of a Lovecraftian name. Epperly. What kind of name is Epperly? It's a girl's name, and that's all the information that exists on it. Uh, okay, 17,000 people were named Epperly as of 2020. I take it back. Epperly's a real name. Sorry I doubted you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of... It's a long episode, too. It's an hour long. It's the longest one we've watched so far. And, like, kind of the, the least necessary to be this length. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't enter the witch house until about halfway through the episode. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He spent. You spend the first chunk of the first fifteen minutes of the episode. I was like, we haven't nothing in this episode so far has anything to do with dreams of the witch house. He's already met a Native American who's given him a magical potion, and I'm like, when are we getting to the witch house? Uh, he gets to the witch house at about thirty minutes in, and then it just kind of zips through the story, but not even really the story because it involves him going into the magical woods and the vines are trying to mm-hmm. keep him from stealing the ghost back, and you find out that he can only bring his sister back because they're twins. But then the witch needs like to sacrifice a twin in order to get. Her her own corporeal form back but then she has like a magic wand that's really a dagger that can that she's supposed to stab him in the eye with but then his sister's ghost shows up and very easily turns the wand on the witch who stabs herself in the face and then crumbles into dirt like it's just so much happens and nothing is explained yeah, because he drags his sister out of the afterlife. Yeah, much uh, to her And then chagrin. she goes to heaven. Right. And she didn't want to leave the afterlife anyway. Yeah. She was like, no, I'm happy. It's just, it's fine. This it's fine that a, I'm here. It's fine that I'm here. It's a pretty forest. She was like, did you ever did you ever make it into the symphony orchestra? And he's like, no, I spent my whole life looking for you. And she's just like, oh, oh <laughs> great. Oh, God, why? Like, uh. And then she's like, I can finally rest free. I think because the woods are supposed to be kind of like limbo. Yeah, that's what for, they said. It's, yeah. it's a limbo for spirits that aren't ready to depart yet. Right. So she does get 
get to go to heaven in the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like that's it. And then he's a he is, as you said, a Pacific Rim. He just mechin mech walking around. I assume uh, he went to heaven. He died, so he did not. Yeah, you don't really. And his friend, like his friend, his, I don't know. Like the ending was a bit bit. Uh, yeah, the whole episode was a bit. I mean, I'm gonna come right out and say I think this is the worst episode I've yeah, seen so he, far. Oh. Like, uh, yeah, I I was just I was watching it the whole time and just like. I mean, people worked hard on it, I can tell. I like Catherine Hardwick as a director. I don't think they were done very well by the script. No, I don't think they needed to make it a Lovecraft story. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. just, Just have some, just have ghost woods and like a ghost tree lady be the end like, you don't need to tie an hp lovecraft to this <laughs> right right or if you're gonna go hp lovecraft go full lovecraft man yeah. tie it into the pikmin's model like put the episodes together uh, and it felt weird we had two episodes in a row that really focused on a witch mm-hmm. and like salem but they weren't but tied they, in but like, they didn't really focus on a witch they just talked a lot about the witch and then never meant like never did really anything with them yeah, if you're going to do two witch stories in a row, like tie them together or like you you deliberately spend all the time in Pikmin's model setting up that it was set in Arkham at Miskatonic University. This one's set in Arkham, you know, like make some cro- have a crossover also, or something. Also, they, they did a weird thing with this one where they were like, she was accused of witchcraft and she's very angry because she was tortured in Salem. Where I'm like, is she a witch or not? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, she's clearly a witch. <laughs> Yeah, but they they made it s- ambiguous, and I was like, just she's just a witch, man. You yeah, just, just say, say she's a, yeah, yeah, uh, and then it just kind of falls apart. Yeah. But we like Rupert Grint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I'm always glad to see him in something. Uh, it was weird that his DJ calls Ismail Cruz Cordova, who plays his friend, is from is from the Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings series. He's very good in it. I really like watching him. Uh, everyone does a good job, I guess. Yeah. They just aren't given much to do. Yeah. Uh, especially after last episode that I just really enjoyed. Yeah. And it was so creepy and Lovecrafty and had a, a wicked sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one didn't even like I was. Was like i don't understand what i'm even supposed to be feeling am mm-hmm. i supposed to be afraid am i supposed to be like in awe or like excited like it didn't work as an action story it didn't work as a horror story and it wasn't funny i don't know what i was supposed to feel <laughs> it was very much a like it, it wasn't it didn't feel like it was trying to say anything so it wasn't like a like it just yeah it was just yeah. a, a fantasy yeah and it didn't even have the sense of like don't go exploring like don't go researching into things you'll learn mm-hmm. too much like it didn't even have that because he just because it was so specific to his sister and the afterlife like that's like there was no like grand the veil has been pulled back i've seen how horrifying reality is it was just like no we figured that there was an after yeah yeah and also um, heaven is real and how can you adapt a story with Nyarlathotep in it and not have him in it and like not have like the crawling chaos himself like making you sign the book of life like i don't know i just there's so much from the short story that could have been cool aliens stuff i don't know uh, 10 out of 10 no notes perfect <laughs> perfect episode what do people what do other people say about this episode um this is one of the ones that i've heard pretty negative stuff about. all right cool i was uh, worried that they were going to be really bashing on the last one and then really like this one uh the, the people like, have kind of been putting the two together but uh this is the one that people were like ah dreams of the dreams of the witch house they kind of swing and a miss yeah um, I, 
uh, just don't put, bring H.P. Lovecraft into your weird dryad fantasy, please. Right, right. I mean, good props to them for law having a lot of actors of color in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, like. And and there was some cool design stuff. Like the visuals were well, Ratman was not great, but. Oh, and don't drag the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, notorious racist and weirdo. But uh, his short story did not drag Native Americans into it. Don't drag Native Americans into your adaptation with their with their Native American magic leaves. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I was just like, oh, no, you're not going here, are you? And they went. Of course, uh, if, if the Native community is fine with it, that's fine. But <laughs> it definitely felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird. And they, and they used uh, uh, like an actual an mm-hmm. actual actor who I believe is Ojibwe uh, in in uh, in the role. So it wasn't like they weren't doing like, you know, like it wasn't whitewashing the actor. Or anything, yeah. But, uh, but it just was unnecessary. It was unnecessary because it didn't. It didn't. I don't know. It was a bad it look. Was, it was also just that whole scene was weird. I was like, why do they need to bring this guy into like a weird or- orgy done in order to do this? Uh, right, with like people like sort of pawing at him. And yeah, like, I was like, like okay, I yeah, guess. I don't, I don't understand. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. But on our next episode, <laughs> do you know what our next episode is? Nope, I've closed Netflix. You always close the Netflix, which is fine. I thought uh, I was gonna have to move computers, so I, I was preparing for that. Our next in the next episode, episode seven of Gamble Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. Oh, and I always do this. Uh, I can understand why Guillermo del Toro likes this story mm-hmm. and would and would and would promote it and like be like, yes, let's adapt this because it has. But nothing that it's in the story that I think he, he liked. Did he pick the adaptations or did he pick uh, well, the stories they're adapting? He's the creator and the producer. I'm sure he had like final yeah. say. Um, um, but I yeah. everything about the short story that I think he would like is not in this adaptation. There is some 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 Guillermo del Toro esque feeling this story. You're right. You kept saying Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the afterlife does have a very the like, afterlife pan- was a was really good. I really mm-hmm. I if there's one thing you can say the afterlife looked really awesome. And, yeah, and I liked Kazaya Mason's design. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a tree woman, but I like that. I like that she had to drag her roots behind her. Like I like that, that was that a was cool, cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it just it just wasn't a great episode. Yeah, I didn't like it once they showed her entirely yeah um but when she was just kind of like cricking and crawling like through the like shadows that was cool yeah and then once you saw her like oh it's just tree lady yeah just a tree lady sorry Catherine hardwick really wanted to like it but our next episode our next episode panos Cosmatos, the mm-hmm. director of Beyond the Black Rainbow and the Nicolas Cage Wackathon Mandy. Uh, good good movie, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Very freaky, very strange director. Uh, will be bringing us The Viewing. It's written by the director and Aaron Stewart on. I don't know anything about this. It's not based on a short story. Uh, so I'm going into this one cold. All I know is that Robocop himself, Peter Weller, is in it, and Eric Andre. So we're getting a blending of 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 actors here. I'm very excited about next week's episode. All right. Are you? Are I'm you excited? excited? About every episode. You I, are excited. I go into all of these cold. Do you know why I'm most excited? Why? Because I get to see my child. I get to watch a TV. <laughs> TV show with my child. That's the best thing. Best things to watch. Thank you. I love you, my child. I love you too, Dad. I'm Phil. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Willow. And we'll see you. Wait. (laughs) I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And we'll see you when it's Del Toro time. time.